Welcome to Health or Hoax. I'm Dr. Anthony Davis. I'm joined as before by Dr. Blake Locksercamp and Dr. Dan Brown. We are going to be talking about treatment and manual therapy. We're all chiropractors, but we'll talk about manual therapy because we, as chiropractors, we do a lot of stuff that massage therapists do, that physical therapists do. So if you're in pain and you're wondering what the fuck we actually treat, is it trying to correct your alignment? Is it trying to put bones back into place? Is it just trying to no. get you a better attitude? What do we treat? Let's figure it out. But, but guys, before we get started, I decided just now that we are going to start every episode until we get bored of this with a random question of the day. So today's random question is, who's your favorite Pokemon? Blake. I really like Torterra. Because I destroy. No, lot. no, fuck that. No, I'm going to stop you right now. We need uh, Pokemon that the old folks in the room can recognize. First generation. Yeah. First generation. <laughs> then we'll do Charizard. Charizard. Yeah. Okay. Okay. If if Dan? I said I don't follow Pokemon, like uh, <laughs> is that an answer? Oh God! Just probably, at least at least just pretend and be like, yeah, just pretend. Um, Pikachu. Squirtle. We're gonna go with Squirtle. There you, you go. You're that homeschooled kid whose parents thought they were demonic. I bet. Yes, exactly. Correct. That is 100 percent correct. I love my parents. I love how I was raised. <laughs> I was very from your parents thought that. Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Magic. I mean, I understand Harry Potter. I know your parents thought Harry Potter was demonic, but that actually makes sense because they were actual pagans. (laughs) But the Pokemon thing. Yeah. I'll go with Squirtle. Squirtle. Okay. All right. I am going to probably go with, uh, don't they actually do the evolution? Isn't it like Abracadabra and then Alakazam? Yep. So yeah. great. Alakazam for sure. For sure. Second, second, I was thinking about this. Probably isn't it Eevee that you can evolve into three different? It's like, up to like seven now, but oh yeah. Jesus. Is there the a psych- original, was, is there a psychic three. version? Yep. Nice. Which one is that? Vol- Volterion? Espion. Espion. Yeah, give me that shit. And fucking Alakazam. <laughs> Espion. <laughs> I like that. All right. Okay. Let's get to business. Now that we know who's where we all stand and who didn't have a childhood. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's talk about treatment. So uh, big topic here. What is treatment? So what are we treating? Let's start by finding some common ground that we can all agree on before we get into what we probably disagree on. Um and that is what, what is not treatment? What are we not treating? And as chiropractors, I think most, I think the public generally has this idea that chiropractors put bones back into place. And that's because a lot of douchebag chiropractors are still promoting that idea. So, uh, for the record, if you're listening to this and this is news to you, um, we don't put bones back into place. Your spine is not a Jenga tower. Uh, if your bones are in the wrong place, you were just in a car accident and you belong in the emergency room. So um, we do not treat, uh, we, we can't do that. We can't find if bones are, quote, misaligned. If they are aligned, misaligned, it doesn't really matter most of the time. So that's not a thing. Do we all agree on that? Yes. yes. <laughs> established now now there the there are certain things that like scoliosis things like that that are just natural forming that do, doesn't mean things are out of place in a bad way right just that just means who you are so for those of out those of you out there who have a genetic disposition in some way shape or form just know that we're not saying you're horrible or you're 
broken or anything like that. Just know that we're ragging on our profession a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point because um, there are normal variations where people do have bone formations and curvatures in their spine that are more than usual or in a different direction than usual. And most of the time that doesn't really make a huge difference on their life. And it is quite possible for those people to have, to manage their pain quite well um, and live healthy, ha happy, active, very strong uh, lives. So what, um, what else are we not treating? What about mu muscle imbalances? So, okay. So we're not putting bones back into place. What about alignment? Are we, uh, are we collect correcting alignment somehow or, or uh, muscle imbalances? No, <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can, you can go to like the extreme and be like, yeah, if some, if there's some bro dude person who only bench presses for 30 years, and he never does any back work, would that be considered a muscle imbalance that could cause some issues? Maybe, I guess. But for the most part, no, you don't have muscle imbalances. Your glutes aren't turned off. <laughs> like like oh. the anterior pelvic tilt doesn't matter. Like, oh. I just want to comment on that glutes being turned off thing. I had a lady in a clinic the other day who was like really convinced because of her previous clinician that all these muscles were like turned off and she just kept saying it over and over. And I was like, all right, I finally was just like, okay, hold up. I just want to like show you how capable you really are. I didn't want to directly confront her by being like, your last therapist is a fucking idiot. Muscles do not turn on and off. They're not a fucking light switch. Yes. If you're in pain, those muscles in the area that you feel pain sometimes don't want to contract as hard because it hurts, but they're not turned off. Um, so, but instead of saying all that and losing a patient and, 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 and losing a job, probably, <laughs> um, I instead was like, stand up. And I want you to like lift the leg out to the side and let's do this 10 times. So that is what that muscle does. So you, if, if that muscle was turned off, it would be impossible for you to do that. So you have really great, strong muscles. They're tender and they might not feel as strong as they used to be, but they're not turned off. So anyway, can you imagine if your glutes had turned off or turned off, you couldn't walk. Yeah. You just fall over. You literally could not take a step forward and plant. Like, yeah. it would be weird. Or, or if you could figure it out because the body's yeah. pretty adaptable, it would be real weird and wobbly. Yes. Yep. It would, it would not look normal. Yeah. Okay. So any other comments on, <laughs> wow, that was a lot of agreement on this muscle yeah. imbalance thing. Yeah. Um, we, <laughs> but what about I, like forward head posture? Doesn't that mean that my head is a bowling ball and it's going to roll off and that, that extra, yeah, no. that weight on my neck, because my forward head is like a bowling ball and 13 oh. pounds turns into 50 pounds. Yeah, this is an interesting one because it's there. It's not a static. There's not a static position per se that. Sorry, there's not a dynamic position per se that will cause pain, right? Rather, usually there's a lot of studies. I just read a couple. I'll cite them in the in the podcast notes. But that it's the if you're not willing to move, that's when you start feeling the the symptoms of discomfort and pain not that your head is forward so your head could sit here a good chunk of the day but if you're rolling it side to side or bringing it back every once in a while that's a better predictor of healthy joints and movement oh, through movement than just 
sitting here. It's more the static position, not so much the position you are in. Well, okay. So you just said um, better predictor. So does that mean that posture is still correlated with pain? I I wouldn't say not static, like static posture, maybe. There's the couple studies that I'll cite. I can't think of the authors off the top of my head showed that if you're willing to be dynamic in your posture, those people had less ratings of pain than if you were static. So I think it's still debatable whether or not specific postures like forehead posture or text neck are causing these pains. Rather, I think it's the lack or the unwillingness to move that's causing some of that discomfort. So in most of the research that I've read on things like upper crossed and lower crossed syndrome, which are just, you know, postural um, tendencies that people have. So to sit with your head forward, for example, would be upper crossed and to kind of have a forward tilt to your pelvis, like your butt sticking out. Um, that would be because kind of a lower crossed syndrome, um, according to the way that most physical therapists and chiropractors and massage therapists learn it. Um, most of the research that I have read on that generally says there's not a significant correlation between posture and pain. Um, therefore, you know, you don't need to fix posture to fix pain, but I think what gets overlooked sometimes with people who are really gung ho on pain science, which all of us love pain science. It's not, uh, we love to read about the biopsychosocial model of healthcare, but there is still some correlation, not a, not a strong one, but there does seem to be, it's like, it's like those studies on disc herniations from uh, Brinjikji in I think 2016, yeah. where they, they saw that um, if you take an MRI of 3000 people, it was actually 3,110 people. And they, um, they, uh, they didn't have any pain and you would expect those people to have perfect looking spines and uh, because they had no pain. But in fact, most of them had disc degeneration, um, disc herniations, disc protrusions, et cetera. And so, you know, then you can say, oh, well, fuck it. I guess it doesn't even matter if you have a disc herniation. But then they did another study and they did uh, painful uh, people who did have pain. And they found that it was more likely that if you have pain, that you also have some abnormality on your spine. So does a disc herniation doom you to pain? No, but does it make it slightly more likely that you might have pain at some point? Yes. So I think posture is kind of like that. It doesn't doom you to pain. We don't have to fix your posture. Um, and it's very hard to change somebody's static posture. Uh, we don't have to do it in order to get you out of pain, but maybe if you have a tendency to be able to, I think you're right. It's more important that they just move. Right. But maybe if you could change their posture, maybe it would make some small impact. Maybe, maybe, maybe big, maybe. Yeah. And I think I would agree with that. Cause I, what I was trying to say is the structure isn't what's important. It's the input to the structure as a whole that determines, I think your pain output. Right. You know, if you're stuck in one structure constantly, you'll adapt, but there'll be a time of it's like working out for the first time. Right. You're not your body's not used to lifting 100 pounds for a bicep curl if you haven't done it for years. Right. So I think there's an adaptation process that's causing some of the symptoms, not so much the structural postural issues. Right. Hmm. What, what about though, like a um, chronic or what do we call it? A repetitive 
um, you know, repetitive or overuse injury where you just keep doing the same thing all the time. So in that case, you know, it's not that I'm going to play devil's advocate. So let's say it's not the posture inherently, like you could do that posture. It's fine. If you want to slouch slouch, but if all you do all day is slouch, then you're stressing the same tissues in the same way all day, every day. And therefore those tissues, I mean, this is just basic strength and conditioning um, in, right. in my view is you're, you're, it's like working out your chest every single day. Eventually, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to have the chest pain. You're going to have pain in your pecs and the front of your shoulder, because you never, ever gave yourself a rest period to recover from that training. So couldn't posture be looked like, uh, looked at through the lens of strength and conditioning and, and isn't having crappy posture crap, quote unquote, loose, loose quotes here. Um, like a sl- let's call it slouched posture every day. Isn't that overtraining your slouched posture? Yeah. I mean, I think you're just, when you say posture doesn't matter, right? It's kind of a non-nuanced view that you can take. You can take it to the extreme, just like any argument. Right. And I feel like that's kind of what you're doing a little bit, but that. It, but there are probably people who do this. So when you say that posture is not super important for pain, I would think I when I say that I'm viewing more as like Dan is where. It's not super important if you slouch. It's not going to cause your pain as long as you're moving throughout the day. Get up, sit up, move your back, X, Y, Z. Um, but yeah, I guess if you're going to sit like a hunchback all day, or if you're going to sit in a quote unquote perfect posture all day, or if you sit like tip to the side all day, it's probably going to start to hurt because being in one position for a long ass time usually doesn't feel good. Yeah. I, and I think in, in regards to the strength and conditioning principles, I don't know if there's enough force or input to actually cause overuse right now. If someone were hunched over in a seated position, lifting 50 pound bricks off the ground and throwing them over their head constantly, that I think would cause some of that. Yeah. I bet if I, I bet if I uh, sat and bent my finger for that is, 12 hours, it would really start to fucking hurt. That is literally the exact example I thought of, Blake. I was like, I tried to think of the easiest thing possible. And yeah, if I just move my finger back, and, thing, right? it doesn't like, matter. The point is that it's a really, really easy thing to do. If I just move my finger back and forth, back and forth, and I do this for hours, do you think my finger is going to start to hurt? Probably. Yeah, probably. Right? Yeah. yeah. Do, you, you, do you not think if you sat there in the same exact position for two hours, you don't think your back would start to hurt? Oh, no, I think it would. I just don't think it's yeah. as possible as we make it out to be, right? I think people move naturally. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what I, I would saying. I would agree. Yeah. Your body naturally, it, like, changes how you do your movement patterns for this exact reason, right? right. Franz Bosch's work in agility of training, right? Like, it's all your... You, don't use the same amount of muscle in the exact same way through any movement pattern or static pattern. Right. And so like, it's impossible to make that argument from that side. Now doing this with a pretty linear motion, I can understand that because your finger is not made to handle a lot of load, right. But your spine, your 
um, uh, hips, right? Like th- they handle a lot of load on a daily basis. I don't know about that. Look at people. Who, I mean, I'm not even that overly strong and my fingers pretty well handled a few hundred pounds today when I picked it up at the gym. Yeah, that is true. I mean, if you fucking deadlift, you got to pick that goddamn thing up with your hands. So <laughs> but how long have you been doing that for? Right. Have you adapted to that? True. And I mean, but like, look at some of the shit climbers do. Their like their, yeah, and yes, fair. they get avulsion frat or avulsion injuries of their tendons that are creepy AF to look at because they just have Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that creeps me out. I've never seen that actually. <laughs> but but back to your question, Anthony. I think I think in general, right? Like, does posture matter most of the time? No. Okay. So so then, are we treating people's posture? Should we? No, I think Should we try to fix their posture. No, uh, I have, I have no clinical reasoning to treat posture. Okay. So we don't put bones back into place and we don't treat posture and we don't treat muscles that are turned on or turned off because that doesn't really happen. Um, what, what else, what else do people claim they're treating? So I think now, now we're probably down to more personal opinions and, yeah. Um, and our own interpretation of research. So, yeah, I don't know who wants who wants to go with what. What do you think you are treating? Is all you're doing is treating pain? Is that it? And so when the patient says, "I don't have pain today," then you say, "Don't come back." Or is it? Is there still something left to change to get an outcome for you to feel like you have successfully treated a patient? Yeah, I would say. The first thing that I treat is pain because, and, and this might just be my bias as this is how I like to be treated because I don't know about you guys, but I don't like being in pain <laughs> my day. I actively <laughs> seek it out on a regular basis. <laughs> uh, are you okay over there? <laughs> <laughs> That's a question for the therapist that yeah. I need and don't have. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so that's the first thing I treat. And then my other goal is to just level them up as a human being in general. So like if they can't squat, I think there's a pretty good argument for needing to be able to squat in your daily life. So I'm going to teach them, so I'm going to help them squat. You know, I mean, I have some, I've, I've one patient who I've, don't adjust him at all. He's uh, he's a uh, older guy and he got COVID and is having trouble breathing. So we work on just general conditioning. Okay. Do you, do you, when you do that, do you focus on mechanics at all? Or are you just trying to get them to do what bothers them? Do you go deeper than just having them do the function? Not really. I mean, if I, if I need to, sure. But like if someone, let's say someone squats and it hurts, then I might look at their mechanics, but if it doesn't hurt, why would I overcomplicate this basic movement? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I think it's arrogant and not backed up by the research for me to look at someone's squat, unless it's like egregious, 
and be like, just because your knee is coming in a little bit or some arbitrary thing, you're going to hurt yourself. Sure. Like to my knowledge, we have no, we have no research on knee valgus in a squat correlating to injury. I think all the research has been done on like soccer players and people getting hit and forced into a valgus position. Yeah. Yeah. So basically you treat pain. You just try to wait until they're out of pain and then you, and then you just do strength and conditioning. Yeah. I mean, on everybody gets pretty much everyone gets homework of some type the first time they see me. So whether that's just neck circles, cause they're, you know, if you can't move your neck in a circle, it's pretty basic thing you should be able to do or some cat cows, because I think you should be able to move your spine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but where's the research Blake that says that you should be able to move your spine forward and backwards. Can't give you a study. Sorry. Your spine, your, your spine is a motiony thing. So I think it should be able to do motion stuff. A motiony thing. Motion. So, so it, so it should do motion stuff. Yeah. I like that. Dr. Blake. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you sound like a jackass when all you do is quote scientific studies and it's like, well, uh, scientifically speaking, you can't show me a study that, uh, you know, ice cream makes me happy, but you know, <laughs> fuck it does. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually, I really liked an, an analogy that Bobby gave one, one day in the FTCA, which was like, uh, we were talking about whether, um, a ma- like manual therapy, whether there's such a thing as good manual therapy or not good manual therapy, like a good adjustment or a crappy adjustment. And, uh, and people were arguing that like, it doesn't make a difference as long as you touch them, it's, it's all the same. And he's like, so you've never had like good sex and bad sex. You're telling me it doesn't matter. <laughs> so like, Oh, actually, when you put it that way, <laughs> it's all just sex, right? Yeah. Sometimes, um, sometimes you can, I think science, like science and medicine, like in, me- in medicine, we're treating people and we're treating human beings. Yeah. And I feel like science over science things can like pull the soul out of the human. Right. Almost Science wants to treat a car. Right. So right. like I, uh, there's a, I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Dr. Tommy John, not the, not the dude who with the surgery, not the surgery, his son. I was a baseball player, not a doctor. Yeah. Well, fucking whatever. <laughs> no, his son is no, the dude, the dude was a surgeon who created the surgery. Wasn't it done on Tommy John? Yeah, I thought Tommy John was the name of the Who's baseball, the baseball player? player. I don't know, but there's a chiropractor named Tommy John. Who's <laughs> yeah, getting off the line. Sorry. I made the leap and bound that his dad was also named Tommy John. Anyways, um, not the point. So he talks a lot about having a higher, like one of the most important things for general wellness is movement getting outside every day and having a higher purpose. So do you, okay. So, so do you want to treat people's higher purpose? I don't, yeah, I don't think that's our place to do exactly, but I think when you, 
if they did do it, then it would affect their pain positively. Like if they did find a higher purpose, they might get themselves out of pain just mysteriously. Yeah, I think so. Honestly, I, I totally buy that. I, and there, there actually might be studies on that because there are some weird studies out there. Yeah. Or, or obscure studies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, purpose, meaning in your life, feeling strong, feeling like you're not breakable. Yep. You know, feeling like, uh, like this back pain isn't some, like, yeah, meaningless floating through space on a flying rock. You know, I think, I don't know. Yeah. So, so what you're saying, Blake, is that they don't need a chiropractic adjustment. They need an attitude adjustment. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Boom. I'm sorry. I've been waiting. I've been waiting the whole time you were talking <laughs> for that little nugget. He was just yeah, back like, there, like twiddling his fingers. Well, I fucking like, got this. I fucking got this. <laughs> but the point being is that I think you like you need to be a human being when you're treating the patient, right? And yeah. and I think I think all of these like uh, sublet like subluxation, muscle imbalance, this, you know, all these things we've been talking about, they fit really well into like cookie cutter, like weekend seminars Uh, where you go and you're like, if they have weak glutes compared to their hip flexors, do this thing. If they, you know, if you, if you find this, then if you find a, then you do B and that you just become a tech, you're just working on a car at that point. Yeah. Right. You're just using an algorithm. You're not actually dealing with a complex system, a dynamic system, which is a human being, which, you know, you could have a perfectly legitimate reason for trying to increase their shoulder range of motion. Um, but at the end of the day, if they fucking hate the exercises that you give them and you don't make it relevant to their personal goals, then it's not going to matter. This is, you know, um, this is like that commercial over the last holiday season where this grandma Pa was like yeah. in the in the garage. He's like picking up an old weight and like lifting it over his head. And he's he's doing this kind of in secret. He's not really showing anybody. And then at the end of the uh, the commercial, he it's it's Christmas and he picks up his granddaughter um, who's holding the little star to put on the Christmas tree and lifts her up and puts her at uh, you know high enough so she can put the star on the Christmas tree. And I fucking cried like a baby. Same. I fucking cried every time with that one. It it's was so good. It was ridiculous because that, that to me is what we're treating. We're treating, you've got a fucking thing that is making it so you can't do stuff you really want to do. So at the end of the day, I don't care if it's with pain or if I increased your, your strength or your range of motion, or if I, you know, fixed your alignment or your or, uh, posture, I don't give a shit about any of that. As long as you can now pick up your granddaughter and help her put the star on the Christmas tree and make me cry like a bitch. <laughs> then I'm good. And I think that fits really well into the like treat the human being yeah. aspect, right? And because the patient doesn't give a fuck if you quote unquote fix the thing you found. Right. Right. If I'm if I'm super excited because I think I found a joint restriction, you know, whatever right. the fuck that is at their C3 even though we can't find that. Um, 
And what, then I feel that I, I'm like all happy about myself with the patients. Like my neck still fucking hurts, you, you, know, you know, and or they still they still yep. can't do what they want to do. And that's made even worse by the fact that a lot of manual therapists, for some reason, it's like I've I've run into this at least. Like a patient comes in and their shoulder's been bugging them or their knee's been bugging them, and they're like. Yeah, I've been going to the chiropractor for like two months and they just like keep adjusting my spine and they like don't even address my knee. But, you know, like yeah. not that's like I feel like the epitome of not giving a shit about yeah. Yeah. as a human being. I wonder if the uh, a good way because I I could you know we're running out of time on this um, podcast to to dive more into this but I I wonder if in even though I could give a lot of examples of things that I do try to like change in terms of measurable strength measurable range of motion um, you know uh, endurance pain levels those kinds of things um, stress etc so there are things that I'd like to see change over the course of seeing a patient so those are the things that I'm treating is strength, range of motion, self-efficacy, um, stress, et cetera. But I think the bigger picture is like, maybe that, maybe that treatment, whatever you're trying to treat needs to be something the patient can also see change. And if it's a joint restriction or a, a muscle tightness or this or that, if the patient can't agree with you that that thing exists in the first place and they can't see it for themselves, then I don't think that's worth treating. So maybe it's like, um, uh, and we're, we literally have 40 seconds left in the podcast. So uh, it, we might have to cut this one, but basically, or do a second part. But um, I was thinking maybe it should be a smart goal. Just pick a smart goal, right? S- specific, measurable, act- uh, attainable, realistic, and timely that you and the patient both agree on and get to that smart goal. Yeah. Something to think about. Um, all right. So that's going to be it for what, I don't know if we actually figured the question out, but that's it for this episode of Health or Hoax. Thank you guys for listening. Please share this with your friends and we'll see you in another episode. Thank you.